three, two, one. Thank you for joining us for the Welcome to the Hall podcast, courtesy of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame and the El Paso Sports Commission. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the best of the best from past inductees into your El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Hall, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we have a very special edition of all the Hall of Famers in the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame where their plaques reside at the Don Haskins Center in the campus of the University of Texas at El Paso. Today we have Mr. Norman Phillips, a legendary track and field coach from Irvin High School, and he's still out there doing his thing, helping out with his daughter over at Hanks High School, who's the head track coach as well at Hanks. And uh, Mr. Phillips, thank you very much, sir, for joining us on Welcome to the Hall podcast. Thank you, Wayne. I appreciate uh, being here. How long? Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that uh, the wonderful work that you do with the Hall of Fame, I'm I'm happy to help you in any way that I can. Well, uh, how many years were you there at Irvin as the track and field coach? I was at Irvin for 25 years. Wow. And when did you start and end? I started at Irvin in 1965, and I retired from Irvin in 1990. Wow. And uh, how many children do you have? Uh, Say again? How many children do you have? I have uh, three. Of course, your daughter Kim is at Hanks as a track and field coach. Yes, I have uh, two girls and one boy. Uh, Kim is the only one that chose to go into the education field, and uh, she has been at uh, Hanks for a number of years now. And you're still volunteering and helping her out over there, aren't you? Uh, well, actually, uh, uh, I'm still working. I'm uh, I'm still on the payroll. Woo, Mister Phillips, getting that. Getting that big money, that green back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, in, anytime coaching and teaching, you, you make big money. <laughs> and just so our viewers know how long you've been doing this and how much you love doing this, how old are you now, sir? I am 91 years old now. Wow. Awesome. Truly, truly awesome. And where were you born? I was born in Sweetwater, Texas. Woo, Sweetwater. What a great name for a city, huh? Oh, it's uh, a fine place. I, I only lived there until I was 10 years old, and I moved to uh, Border, Texas, which is a little town up in the Panhandle, uh, about, uh, well, about 30 miles northeast of uh, Amarillo. And how did you gravitate to El Paso? Well, uh, uh, while I was coaching there, there was a uh, coach at uh, Amarillo High School. And at that time, uh, Border, which is now a little bitty place, was in the same uh, district as Amarillo. And uh, we coached against each other. That was Mr. Uh, J.D. Partridge, yes. which was an outstanding coach. He was a graduate of UTEP and uh, quite well known in the city of El Paso. And he 
became the head coach at uh, Irvin High School in 1965, and he asked me to come and join him and be his assistant, and so I came with football and with track. Unbelievable. Nice, nice as far as being able to be a part of the Northeast El Paso regime with Irvin High School. So many great, talented athletes you had over the years, I'm sure. I was very fortunate, Wayne. I had uh, I had more than co- any coaches entitled to. You know, I think back on those years that you were there, I think of uh, the Loach, Stansberry, Perry Ray. I mean, the list could go on and on with all the great people you were had the opportunity to be able to say that you were their coach for track and field at Irvin High School. Well, honestly, now, uh, Stansberry, I, oh, I missed out on him. Yeah, he, right. he came a couple of years after I uh, after I left Irvin. I, I wish I had that. I wish I'd been there with him. I had a uh, very good discus thrower at one time, a fellow by the name of uh, Randy Mapson, which Ooh. was uh, uh, also a pretty fair discus uh, shot footer. As a matter of fact, he was uh, world champion, Olympian champion. Yes, I remember Randy yeah. Mattson. He was somebody special in terms of uh, now, you were track and field coach, and people don't realize this, but you coach not only the track portion, you coach the field portion as well. And is there any big difference between the two? Uh, between the track and the field event? Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Uh, there's uh, there's lots of difference. Uh, in track, it's simply running. And uh, in the field events, you'll find... Uh, uh, parallel and vertical jumping both, and uh, throwing the shot put of the discus. That is in Texas high school. Of all the athletes you had, is there some or one that stands out above them all in terms of being in El Paso at Irvin High School? Uh, at uh, Irvin High School, I was very fortunate there. I had uh, I had seven different young men to high jump six feet, 10 inches, which is uh, quite unordinary. And uh, uh, I was just looking over the list. Uh, This is the 40th anniversary of a young man by the name of Kurt Powell. And uh, Kurt Powell I had 40 years ago. And uh, he was uh, he was my second state champion in in the high jump. Wow, that's amazing! Now, is that all you coached at Irvin High School? Was just track and field? Oh no, I coached football for uh, uh, well, actually for twenty five years. Not all I met wow. at uh, at Irvin. Uh, Twelve of them were before I came to Urban. Jeez. Now, I know you love track and field. Uh, of course, the Olympics are not far away for this year. They had to put them away for a year for the pandemic. Are you the person that likes to watch, sit down and look at TV and watch the Olympics and watch the track and field and, and realize all the great talent that's out there? 
Oh, that's uh, uh, the Olympics is really the greatest show in athletics that there is. Uh, I mean, if you will notice the excitement that it gets and all the people in the world that's gathered there, I know that uh, I know all over the world soccer is a very popular sport, but uh, uh, the Olympics is one that really really gathers, and that's because uh, they do have so many things now, other than just uh, the track and field part. They have the gymnastics and boxing and, oh gosh, getting to where they have almost everything. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I, it, it's really, really a wonderful show. Now, you know, Mr. Phillips, yourself, as far as a track and field coach and like many others, a lot of people think that all you do is you you know, you see the kids once or twice, three times a week, I guess, and they do their thing on their own, and then the meet comes up, and they go out there and do their thing. But they don't realize there's a lot of strategy involved with track and field as a coach because you have to sort of figure out how to slot your individual athletes and also get them ready, right? Oh, yes. Uh, uh, well, actually, you said one or two days a week. Uh, really, you're with them every day you can be. Uh, the, uh, as I said a while ago in track, uh, you find mostly, or as mostly just running, but, uh, there's, uh, different things that you must learn in running in order to be better at it. It isn't just a case of, uh, placing one foot in front of the other and hoping for the best. It's, uh, uh, and the running and, uh, you also have the hurdles, and, which is uh, going over obstacles, and uh, they have to learn how to do that. And then that places you a little bit more like uh, the field events, which is uh, uh, without the running, but with uh, uh, with the uh, uh, jumping and throwing as well. Now, take us back to when you were in high school. Were you a track and field athlete? Uh, well, <laughs> I was. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, things have, cha- things have changed a great deal since 1949. And, you know, you talked about the fact that you coached for 25 years at Irvine, then you retired. Now you're still involved with teaching and coaching as far as track and field today. Has there been a lot of difference in the athlete of yesterday and the athlete of today? Obviously, there is because of the speed and endurance that they have of today. But what about the rules and whatnot as far as track and field? Have those changed a lot? Uh, the rules have changed a little in track and field. Not uh, not really a whole lot. Uh, the kids have changed probably as much or more. It's a... Uh, different type of kid now. Kids nowadays have so much to do and uh, there's so many different sports. So many coaches have the idea that uh, and parents have the idea that uh, a kid can only participate in one sport. And uh, really, honest and truly, I think every kid that I had uh, competed in at least two sports. At the time, there were very few that were only in one. I know uh, Kurt Powell that I mentioned a while ago, 
I was also an outstanding basketball player, as well as being an outstanding uh, trackman. But uh, times have changed a great deal with with so many more things for the kids to do, and uh, uh, with so little time to do it. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's true. What about football? How was that coaching football there at Irvine? Uh, well, uh, football is pretty tough. Uh, we, uh, we had, uh, we had to coach against a number of, uh, coaches that, well, that were in the Hall of Fame long before I, uh, Coach Burkhead, Coach, uh, uh, Quarles, Coach Brown, Coach, uh, uh, I'll call it the one that passed away just a week or so ago. Coach Brooks, yes. Coach Brooks, yes. I'm I'm sorry that I couldn't recall his name. No, it's no problem. I I guess Alzheimer's is setting in a little bit. (laughs) But, uh, no, I I don't want to miss Coach Brooks. He was was an outstanding coach just as as his son is now, but is at uh, at Kennedy uh, Scott. uh, He he does a great job over there with his coaching. And Scott was a heck of a track athlete, wasn't he? People don't realize how how much a, a sprinter he was when he was in high school at Coronado. Well, uh, yes, he, uh, he he was a good one. We've we've had a number of good ones here in El Paso, and and he was he was one of them. Now, you were inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1990, and, of course, one of the great track and field athletes at UTEP was inducted that same year, and Bert Cameron, along with, of course, uh, the other class that you had with you was Joe Valencia. Clay Cox went in, along with Ted Keppel, Bob Osborne, Don O'Neill. What a great class that was that night that you were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Ah, yes, uh, all those people I knew quite well. As a matter of fact, you mentioned Ted Keppel. He he was the one that I replaced at Urban High School. He had been uh, assistant football and head track coach there before I went there. And uh, uh, those others I remember quite well. Bert Cameron, as you said, and he he's a name that you have to really remember as far as track is concerned. And when you were there coaching track as well, another great basketball coach, as you mentioned, that coach uh, there was Alvis Glidewell, who later on went into the Hall of Fame also. Yes, he, uh, he was a number and another member of Urban High School that became a Hall of Fame coach. And as I mentioned that being from Urban High School, we, as you said a while ago, we had so many great athletes at Urban High School. I mean, very, very outstanding uh, young people. Several of them went on to uh, uh, the pros. There's been uh, Billy Davis and uh, Stansberry, and there's been a bunch of them. There has. You know, I talked to Ed Sansbury, the president right now of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame, about this because you talk about 
northeast El Paso. And a lot of people, of course, that live here in the city and been here a while or maybe moved here to El Paso, they look at northeast El Paso as being a uh, not a place that you would want to reside or live. And people don't realize all the great athletes that have been, especially at Irvin High School. And, of course, you got Andrews, you got Parkland. But, I mean, the history of Irvin High School and their athletic programs over the years in all sports is just amazing. I think of Jennifer Hahn, who went there along with her sisters that were state champions in wrestling. And then you talked about earlier all the great track and field athletes and the football players and the basketball players. Uh, it's it's phenomenal, isn't it, Mr. Phillips? Oh, it is. Uh, it is for a fact. It's, as a matter of fact, when I first came here, uh, uh, Urban High School did not have a very good reputation. It was a rather new school, and uh, they'd had some problems there. And uh, some of my friends even asked me, "Why why are you signing with a school like that?" and Really, I'm glad I did because, uh, uh, as you said, Urban High School has been very, very fortunate and and would still be had uh, had they not built uh, Chapin High School where they did because uh, Chapin High School got the uh, got the young people coming from uh, uh, Canyon Hills, right. which was the feeder school at Fed May. And uh, that was that was where that most of our good athletes, our really outstanding athletes, were coming from. And if you check, check with Chapin now, you find that they've uh, uh, they've been doing quite well. They have, and that was perfect. Chapin has been doing well, and you know, that was kind of controversial when they built that school because it. Originally, I think it was supposed to go in far northeast, but they built it there. Well, they, go ahead. They, there were several places that it was mentioned being before they settled on putting it where they did. But when they put it there, that uh, that pretty well chopped Urban up to where they were nothing. It also uh, cut uh, Austin somewhat. And uh, I, and I believe even a few from Andrews right. wound up going there. But Chapin, Chapin has had some very good athletes. Uh, oh, yes. Very good athletes. Very good athletes. Now, what is it like coaching now with your daughter? Well, actually, uh, according to uh, the laws now, the rules of father and son where our father and daughter working together that that can't be she is uh, I am uh, I am the head boys cross country coach and she is the girls head cross country coach therefore we're not uh, we're not together that makes us that makes us separate now actually uh, I do some volunteering in the uh, uh, track season, and uh, she is the girls. She will actually girls and boys both now uh, head coach, and so I cannot coach track anymore. I, see. I had to give that up when she took the head position with the boys, and uh, Dave McKinney left Hanks High School. Right. 
How is it coaching cr- cross country? Uh, coaching cross country, you know that <laughs> that's an odd thing. Actually, comes kind of a joke going back a great number of years. Uh, the uh, a place that I came from, border. Uh, the year before I came, I had a kid to set the state record in the mile run, which is a distance run, which is very similar to cross country. There, there is a difference. Most people think it's all the same, but there is a difference in track and cross country. And the amusing part of it, uh, I came to El Paso, had the first cross country meet that I ever saw in my life. I not only had a team competing in it, but I had to put it on. I had to sponsor it. Wow. And that was that was quite an experience, believe me. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that is and people also don't realize that track and field coaches or cross country coaches as far as uh, when you have your own meets or go to another meet, uh, you're also not only helping and getting involved with your athletes and making sure everything goes okay, but a lot of the times you're helping out with the meet itself to make sure it goes off smoothly, don't you? Oh, yes. Uh, there, there's always something to do, and whoever's putting on the meet usually needs help and, and track, particularly cross-country, uh, not so much anymore. Uh, the big thing about cross country, when I first came to El Paso, uh, El Paso was one of the strongest cities in the state of Texas in cross country. And we have had so many outstanding coaches that have coached cross country here in the city of El Paso. And uh, several of those are in the Hall of Fame with me. Uh, now, are all tracks the same? Like here in El Paso, all the high schools have their own individual tracks around their football f- fields, but are all tracks the same as far as is there one particular track that's a little better than the other that you love to see uh, your athletes run on? Well, we're really honest and truly, uh, the way they're situated makes a lot of difference. Uh, as far as the track, they're, they're made of the same surface now, all of them. And uh, we all have cinder tracks now. Uh, back when I came here, we, uh, uh, pardon me, we had cinder tracks at that time. I imagine the cinder. But now we have all-weather tracks uh, at all the high schools. And... Uh, that does make a big difference. Uh, uh, and all the tracks are the same same distance around, so uh, actually it's it's not a whole lot of difference. The main difference is your field events because of the uh, throw-in and jumping areas that they have. Right. What is your greatest memory as a track and field coach, Mr. Phillips? Do you have one? Or a couple? Oh, my greatest memory? Yes, sir. Oh, golly. Wayne, I have been so lucky. I've had so many that, uh, well, I, I would have to mention uh, 
the fact of coaching the young man that I just uh, mentioned a while ago, Randy Matson, which was the first person to ever put the college shot 70 feet or further. And he did that when he was in high school. Uh, he was, uh, he's one that you've got to regard as actually very, very outstanding. I have also been lucky enough that I had uh, uh, distance runners. I mentioned a while ago uh, in the panhandle for a young man by the name of Mark Westbrook, which uh, set the state record in the mile run. And since I've been in El Paso, I've had several here that uh, I just can't forget. I mean, uh, Kurt Powell, we mentioned him. Uh, Kurt, uh, as I said a while ago, was one of the seven young men I had to jump uh, six feet, ten inches. But uh, the highest one was a fellow by the name of Howard Williams, which... Uh, uh, jumped seven feet, one and a half inch. Wow. was his best. And uh, he was an outstanding young person also. Dennis Deloach, the first uh, 16 high jumper that I had, uh, did it as a sophomore. It was the first time that he went to 16, which set a national record national sophomore record for the high jump. And uh, all these people you have to mention. And then, uh, uh, oh, golly, there's so many of them. I wish, <laughs> I wish we had time for me to talk about all of them. No, I understand. It was truly a great ride that you had. And the last 18 months, I guess, with the pandemic going on, it was something that none of us would ever imagine would ever happen, not only in our city or our state or our country or the world, but uh, it had to be something different for you as a coach to deal with too, right, with all the different tests? every. Oh, yes. Uh, the, 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 bad, the real bad part of that one and what, what hurts most is these young people that uh, worked for all of our life up to high school age last year and then did not uh, get to compete because of uh, the pandemic coming in. And uh, now then this year, it uh, it's changed and we were fortunate in uh, track and cross country that we did get to have uh, state meets, regional and state meets. We're in, uh, actually, it's hard on all the sports because uh, uh, these, well, it, it's just not right for a kid to work that long and then all of a sudden they say, we're not going to do that. That's more or less what happened. Yeah, it was a very difficult time, but again, as you mentioned, this year was some consolation because you did get the chance to have the state meet and uh, throughout all the testing, all the athletes persevered and made it happen and the coaches as well. And a credit to all of you that made it happen for these young men and women to be able to uh, 
have another year of having track and field and be able to walk down the aisle as a senior if they graduated to say at least I had a chance to chase my dream, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, uh, it's a wonderful thing. And the thing about this, you've got to realize that a lot of those athletes that cut them off from uh, uh, receiving college scholarships that uh, would have been able to to have been noticed by college and would have developed and become uh, good enough that they could compete in college. Very much so. Well, Mr. Phillips, Norman Lee Phillips, thank you very much, sir, for being here on the Hall of Fame. Welcome to the Hall Show. Wayne, I'd just like to thank you and all the people working with the Hall of Fame. It is a great organization, and well, one of my happiest moments was being inducted into it. But it, it's full of, uh, if you read the list of those in it, you see names of people that uh, were famous in practically everything. It, uh, it, it truly a wonderful organization. It definitely is. And because of you, Mr. Phillips, this uh, 2021 is the 66th year of the El Paso Lake Hall of Fame, which started in 1955. And, and all the very best to you too, sir, and uh, con- continued success in what you do and what you love in track and field. And thank you uh, for being a part of the hall and welcome to the hall, sir. Thank you so much for having me. I do appreciate it. You're welcome. Mr. Norman Phillips, ladies and gentlemen, an outstanding individual, tremendous track coach, great family man, and, of course, unbelievable what he did at Irvin High School as track and field coach for 25 years and still going strong and cross-country coach over there at Hanks High School. All the very best to all of you out there, and thank you for letting us be a part of your day. Again, welcome to the Hall with Norman Phillips.